Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. And tonight we go back to our roots, uh, I guess you would say, and we're talking carpet pythons, which it seems like we haven't talked carpet pythons in quite a while. But, uh, yeah, we have Ryan uh, coming on from Rad Reptiles, and uh, he works with carpet pythons and uh, a couple other things that we'll be, we'll be hitting on, but um, uh, that's tonight. But I feel much better. Uh, last show, holy <laughs> shit, man, I was exhausted. <laughs> but I'm pumped up tonight. Um, I'm pretty excited because I, I have, you know – I'm going to paint a picture and Owen, you can relate to this picture. So Good. I'm going back to like 2006, 2007, uh, time frame, which okay. is 11 years ago. Right. Yeah. So this is right when I was getting into, uh, carpets, uh, real heavy, you know? And, um, back then, um, very few people had an albino. I don't, I mm-hmm. can think of one guy in the States that had them. And I think they were like, what, a hundred grand for a pair of heads. And, and, <laughs> and the thing is that a lot grand. of the ones, and a lot of the ones that were in the country were Darwin IJ mix. Like those are the first ones in the country. Yes. And there's a whole article in reptiles magazine that was written by a guy um, named Chris Proctor talking about reading the albino carpet python. And, all his stuff was Darwin crossed with IJ because that was the only thing you could get. So these things were massively expensive all over the freaking like only very few people had them. So they were mm-hmm. like untouchable. So, so it was yeah. like it was a dream. So young Owen mm-hmm. and young Eric were back then. They didn't know each other at the time. No, but, I was still um, in school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it was a pipe dream, you know, and then mm-hmm. there was these hints that there was an exantic over in Europe uh, somewhere yeah. floating around. And, you know, we would, I would go to like uh, Precision Reptiles uh, website and UK Python's website and look at these morphs that, uh, you know, were, were coming together. And I remember when Reptile Radio started, they had Will Bird on, and it was probably the first episode that I listened to of Reptile Radio. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of came across uh, Reptile Radio. Um, because I was Googling carpet pythons and up pops this episode. So I'm listening to it. And, you know, the dream, the dream mm. snake was a snow carpet taking Xanic and, and albino and hoping that somehow you could produce this white carpet python that at the time everybody thought that maybe you could do something with the jag to make a lucistic no, live. God, stop. All right, stop. But <laughs> maybe... <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned this because the people who were able to get a hold of the albinos were not able to get a hold of the exanics. So in the beginning, there were talks of the people who had the exanics sending animals to the people who had the albinos to try to start getting the double het thing started. And I, I don't know whatever happened with that kind of stuff, but I think one of the guys, the, the, the guy who wrote that article on breeding albino carpets, he got out of it because he sold his entire collection and yeah. he was one of the first guys to bring caramels into the country. And mm-hmm. that is where my pair of 2009 caramels come from. So, right. Yeah. So 
this is the early days of carpet python morphs and like yeah. at least in the states you know uh, guys in australia they're working with stuff and in, in europe they're working with stuff but in the states now you know it's so you know it's a dream of mine mm-hmm. uh you know to make this <laughs> snow carpet so i start i get in touch with nick and i meet Paul through Nick and I start amassing this collection of carpet python morphs with one of the main goals is to make a snow carpet. You know, I want to make this, you know, white snake and it's going to be badass and blah, blah, blah. So I've had it for, (laughs) I think I bought them in 2010. Yes. Uh, I've been trying because you bought them as older animals, right? Like they came in older animals, right? Because in the female exanic, is was definitely an adult in 2010, old enough to breed at least. And yeah. uh, you've always had your dole and your other binos. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you, you've been trying since then, and I know it's been like for a long time. <laughs> for a long time, man. So many ways I've been trying to hit this double head snow, and like to the point where I was almost going to give up and just buy a pair buy of double head snows. Or, but or the thing a pair of it is, snows at this point, it's like yeah. yeah this, the thing of it is, is like, number one, nobody's, mm. I, I don't see anybody selling double hats for snow, um, you yeah. know, because back then, I mean, at least, you know, I'm saying five, six years ago when I was just like, oh man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to bank this because I'm losing time to make this, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to try Nobody had any, nobody had any. Paul didn't have any, you know, not even star pythons. And nobody had any of these double hats, you know? And I thought yeah. as we progressed, you know, 2011, 2012, 13, 14, you know, somebody's going to produce something that they're going to put up for sale, but obviously everybody's yeah. holding everything back. Fast forward to 2018. I finally got a clutch out of this Xana girl. She was bred with my mm-hmm. albino. Um, he's an albino cross. He's the one that produced the citrus tiger head albinos. I didn't want to go jag because I figure, why? Ha- what is the jag going to add to the to the white? <laughs> I mean, you know, I was going to try to jag going to do. I mean, come yeah, on. it's just going to turn upside yeah. down. So I'm just going to yeah. go for the for the street <laughs> nose. Um, you know, and, and if that didn't work, I tried, uh, last year I tried doing albino to exanic zebra because now I figure mm. again, I don't Screw think it. that zebra is, <laughs> the zebra is going to add anything to it, but I'm just trying to produce something that has albino. And <laughs> so finally, after all of these years, almost 11 years of this project, trying to get it, uh, to where I finally produce some double head for snow um and i guess the moral of the story is is that you know often you'll see people and they quit on projects and you know they spend all this time and 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 invest money into a project hoping to you know uh, get fast results but here i am to tell you that you know patience is a virtue and the whole time i'm sweating these eggs because some of them are going bad and i'm like oh Mm -hmm. man man so finally Watch i'm down to like, crash, yeah. <laughs> i think i have five eggs and it turns out to be mm-hmm. 1.4 and i was telling you before the show that i'm holding <laughs> them all, all mine <laughs> you know because you know god forbid uh you know you know the the male turns you let the boy go and then female turns yet. out to be a male whatever blah yeah. blah blah you know so uh finally i got them out i got them all set up and uh yeah that's uh 
that's that's a that's the story but you know if, i guess today like especially for people that are coming in the carpets they don't really have that same you know, I, I guess it must be that nostalgia thing that some of the ball python people have is like, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, they look back when, you know, a pastel was like, oh my God, I bred it to a spider. I made a bumblebee. Holy shit. You know, and well, it's like today it's like, oh yeah, whatever. You know, think about it our way. I, you know, I sit there and I'm like, oh, I need some gold tigers and red tigers and some, you know, I need some gold tigers, red tigers, Russian tigers. People are like, what the hell is a gold tiger? I'm like, it's just a normal tiger. They're like, well, what, what? I'm like, no, no, no. They, they don't. The red tigers are different. Like, you need one. The tigers come in other colors. It's like there's <laughs> that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, right. and I mean, we have the whole tiger jag discussion where it's like, you know, I, I love a good looking tiger jag. Why? Because that was, that was the nostalgia. That was the thing you were hunting for and pining for when you were younger. Yeah, man. <laughs> you never thought you'd have. I'm like, I love a good tiger jag. So no, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to beat, I, man. Dude, I, I went long way around the barn and I bred my tiger to my caramel to make a caramel tiger to eventually breed to my caramel jag because I wanted to get caramel tiger jags the right way as opposed to like just taking a tiger jag and throwing it to a caramel. It's like, no, no, mm-hmm. I want to have the two separate things. So right. there, there's that kind of stuff to it. Now, I'm glad that you were able to get your clutch because um, I have an exanic female now and I have mm-hmm. my albino boy and... I would have hated to have gotten double head snows before you if I had ever just decided to throw them together. Like I'm oh, pretty sure that would like you'd stop. <laughs> that would be like that would be like me breeding rough scales before. It you would did. be painful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you yeah. did it because now I'm yeah. open to do whatever the hell I want. So yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's always a cool time of year, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, another cool thing that I got last Wednesday. Um, I finally got my hypo coastals and a hypo caramel coastal and mm. dude, You're I'm so telling pretty. you, <laughs> oh my god, man, like holy shit. Um, so the the cool thing about the hypo is is that, and not so much in the caramel, but the hypo reduces the black, which you know mm. that's what we sort of thought the caramel did before, but not like the hypo. But the hypo really doesn't add that. Um, that brightness per se Mm -hmm. that the caramel does, you know what I mean? I mean, it does, but it's not the same, but when you put the hypo and the caramel together, they were, Oh my man, holy shit. Um, that thing is like insanity. Um, a couple other cool things. I got a Tully jungle, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, yeah, that's pretty badass. Like really, really nicely striped. Uh, of course the thing only eats live, but uh, well, I'll work with that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Nick very rarely lets those things go. Um, and uh, I guess it sometimes it helps to let somebody sleep at your house and spend a whole mm-hmm. shit ton of money with over the years. Yeah, that, I know, uh, right? Yeah, be willing to, uh, to get the, the front pluses. of the line, so to speak, you know? Um, what else did I get in there? I got one of those Tiger Darwins. Uh, pretty badass. Oh. Also had cool. albino. Um, another project that I've been working on forever. Uh, I've had, the, I was like one of the first guys to get Darwins, uh, back with Luke mm-hmm. Snell. Uh, and we picked them up from, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Terry Phillip. 
and yeah. uh, he had non-head albino Darwins, and this was back in this was the first time I vended Tinley in 2012. I spent five grand for a pair of these things because Holy I was like, shit. "Yeah, man." <laughs> Turned out, oh, <laughs> uh, they're both boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. dude, it's talking about a kick to you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I know it turned out with the stone washed as well. But, I, uh, uh, dude, he is incredible, and he is kind of an a hole. So, of course, he fits in over here. So, you know, yeah. Thank you. Um, but I don't need Darwin's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I got Nick also works with that line, the non uh, head albino line, and uh, I picked up a female from him. Uh, Excellent. Def- I checked the sex, so I got two males <laughs> and one female, but uh, no worries. Um, what else did I get? Oh, I got a Queens of Water Python female because my female, I don't know, she had like an enlarged heart or something like that, but uh, oh. so, uh, that's back together. Um, okay. And then uh, I won't talk about that other project, but I got another cool carpet project that you know, Owen, but uh, I'll, I'll save that I for another do? day. I do? Yeah. It's we the, had that uh, discussion. I may have forgotten. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably nobody will care but a select few, just, but uh, just it's definitely text me cool. Later. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely cool to, uh, to, to sort of be working with something like that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, good time. So a couple. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I'm on top of these things. <laughs> yeah. Good job. <laughs> uh, so like we were saying before the show started, before we get Ryan on, there's just a couple yep. shout outs that I want to give uh, from things that I saw as I was cruising around the uh, the net. This is always a cool time of year, at least for right. us up here in the Northern hemisphere crazy things are hatching out now at the top of the list is this crazy blackhead that tom keoghan hatched out you know so i kind of cool. thought tom keoghan <laughs> retired but apparently yeah. he just pops out of nowhere with this crazy blackhead that's like instead of it being it's like spotted with the white color of a western you know and mm-hmm. it's so badass i mean it wow it's <laughs> like somebody attacked a blackhead with spray paint like it you've diluted um the normal tiger like stripes that you'd have on a blackhead to the point where they're just blotches and patches and they just kind of like creep in there the rest of the thing is black and you'd think just by looking at a blackhead you know you're like i want more contrast i want higher brighter bands this these things look freaking crazy and they're just babies like i Really, really, really want to see them. Oh, what have you done, Dennis? <laughs> so, uh, Mac I mean, lots are hatching. <laughs> no, don't don't show me that. Oh, they're so pretty. That's, a, that's <laughs> always a good time. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Nick Nick hatched out um, something similar um, mm-hmm. to that, uh, which um, I thought. I don't know. Maybe this is some sort of new type of thing that popped out. I don't know if it's selectively breeding or what. I don't know, but it's pretty badass. So it could hopefully, just be a weird thing. I mean, like you know, it's like let me put it this way: I've made carpets that have kind of reduced patterns like that, but never this far reduced, just because it just. Um, but but they're very dark. I mean, are that kind of reduction? But it could just be something weird that's kind of happened. But 
it, wouldn't it be kind of badass if this is kind of how they express melanism? Could be. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, but it's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's whatever awesome. it is, and hopefully uh, yeah. they can keep doing it. The other cool thing is this. Uh, I think Matt sent us this thing. Is this yes, crazy retick from uh, Kevin from Nerd? Um, mm-hmm. And they're. We were talking before the we show. We talked about this before, yes. <laughs> I don't know about the name, but, you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> it's called the Rainbow, but it's, man, it's, it's not re- really bad. It's really cool looking. And it's not the worst name I've heard of. Like, I can't understand why, who in their right freaking mind thought of naming a ball python morph the Woma. I mean, it's already another <laughs> species of snake. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. So with these rainbow, kind of rainbow bowie, but whatever. It looks very, very cool. Um, kind of almost reminds me of some of those like uh, hybrid ones, almost like a Borneo bat eater kind of a deal. Yes. Um, but it, it's still a very, very cool looking animal. So, uh, and we've been up to nerd a few times, and uh, you know, I don't they, remember they, seeing those, man. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that either. Um, but they get some cool stuff, and then they kind of just grow them up. Fast. Do you remember that one that we went up there that was kind of like a, the cow line, but was a different, weird kind of a pattern and color? Like, not a cow at all. Um, I went up there a couple months after you and I went up there, and the thing was already like four feet long. I mean, like they they grow them fast up there. So yeah, uh, expect to see this rainbow thing kind of. If if it's a if it's a recessive morph like they said, uh, it's gonna get out there pretty quick, I imagine up there. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure he probably has it bred to to other things, and you know already yeah. at this point, you know. Um, usually right. when you're working with projects like that, before you go and announce it, uh, you you, <laughs> you kinda, already have other ones, yeah, yeah, ready to go, you know. But um, yeah, it's cool. And then the last one was. Um, Who's the name? Uh, Namazu? Namazu? Yeah. Um, I'm pro- I probably butchered that. Uh, but he, like uh, this is where our common rainbow. Um, yeah, that's the rainbow, William. Um, yeah. And then this crazy jag, man. So it just came yeah. from its really reduced pattern, strike like pinstripes you know down the side and pretty much mm. like little sort of spots going down the back sort of um but uh from what i from what i saw it was just a jag bred to a jungle um and produced that so i don't know it's pretty cool um that's very cool i mean uh and I, like again with the redu- reduced pattern stuff that's really really badass and i would be very interested to see how it grows up, colors up. I mean, the reduced head pattern kind of reminds me your boy uh, V, um, which yeah. is just from you know reduction due to the red line stuff. So, uh, right. But it, this guy, this this is a reduction on a whole nother level. The saddles are pretty much nothing but looks like somebody scribbled on it with a marker. So yeah. you know that's but that's cool. Um, I'd be interested to see how that goes, especially because if it's just a jag to a normal jungle, I mean, what's the yellow going to be? Because you know it's going to creep in there. There's no way this thing stays this color. No, no, no. That's going to be bright-ass yellow with black stripes. I so, imagine, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, my goal with my jungle project 
it's sort of the envision is sort of something similar to this, but right. reversed to where the, the 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 real thin striping is 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 yellow. yellow. The rest of the snake is black. You know well, what I mean? You always wanted to take your zebra jags and your tigers and kind of make a pinstripe ball ball python. You know. Yep. Yeah. You know that that's what you were always <laughs> for, and I thought it yeah. was insanity. And then right. you got like one zebra jag with like organized striping. I'm like, son of a bitch. You know, it's <laughs> like, yeah. it's like once and once. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, and I have something. So, yeah. uh, but I, either way, that would be awesome. I would love to see how this thing progresses um, and, you know, see how it grows up. I mean, my thing is that the pretty ones are always a-holes about feeding. So good luck with this guy because he's right. – Fucking gorgeous, so he's probably gonna send you through the ringer. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I don't know. That's uh what's what's going on with you? And then uh we'll get uh Ryan on here. Um I got uh caramel head exanic eggs hatching. Uh mm. I went downstairs and saw one with a couple slices in the eggs, so we're gonna see how they pan out this year. It's a repeat pairing. So mm-hmm. I have the yearlings and they look awesome. Um, so I'm definitely hoping to get them uh, out again. And then right on the heels of that is my Caramel Tiger to Caramel Jag clutch. So I'm really interested to see what goes on with those. Nice. So, yeah, dude, like I'm starting to get all these babies. And uh, I got brettle eggs at their carpet fest. And then the female that was with you, um, I offered her food and she totally refused, which never freaking happens. And she just shed today. So. Mm. I'm gonna start the countdown. Um, you may have inadvertently, accidentally done something. So, <laughs> in which case, Alrighty we then. are stupid for moving it. But you know, that's yes, whatever. <laughs> I didn't think anything was going on there. So, I, yeah, well, you know. whatever. We'll see. I, I wrote it yeah. down. We got four weeks. If eggs show up in four weeks, I'm gonna send you pictures, being like, we're idiots. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it'll be the tag. <laughs> How are we in charge of a podcast I, about Python? <laughs> people should not listen to us ever. It's like that's you know whatever. But we'll, well see. Well, it be goes. cool if they actually hatch out, you know? Oh my I god, yes. Know. But um, but that's that's it, dude. I mean, it, I have uh her and maybe a hognose, and then that's it, man. I'm done. I got no other eggs coming. So nice. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, let's get Ryan on here and let's get this going. So let me click him on. Uh, yeah, that's his number. Da, 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 da. Hey, Ryan, welcome to NPR. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. All right, great. Cool. I'm uh, sitting out in my car doing this because I got a gravid wife in the house and uh, <laughs> I don't really get a... <laughs> I don't really get great reception in the house except for like right near the bedroom and I think she'd murder me if I was uh talking until eleven. Uh, you know, we we don't want you to die, so I yeah. got you. Yeah. No worries. I appreciate that. <laughs> so Ryan, we start off every show uh talking to the guests. Um we just want to know uh how'd you get your start in reptiles? I think I was kind of a late bloomer really. I mean I grew up in Kentucky, uh northern kentucky that's definitely different but i mean i you know i caught garter snakes and i caught frogs and and leopard frogs and things but uh, that wore off pretty quick and honestly it wasn't until i was in college and got a uh 
got a royal python and i got really into to snakes and such and reptiles and that's where i kind of realized what i wanted to do i wanted to like i wanted someone to pay me to do this so hmm. you know i focused on trying to get into a zoo and aquarium and I, I interned at the cincinnati zoo and got a paid internship at the newport aquarium which is right here in cincinnati and you know, built my collection up while I was going through that. But, you know, that early phase is when you're just, like, collecting singles. And, like, I just mm-hmm. wanted to have cool stuff. Um, I, breeding was the furthest thing from my mind. I just thought it was really, really cool. And uh, hmm. I didn't really start actually building my collection collection with the intent purpose of breeding until, shoot, probably just, like, uh, four years ago. Okay. So, but I've been working in zoos and aquariums uh, since... 2007 full-time as a herpetologist in one place or another so yeah very cool it's a late bloomer (laughs) so um as working as a herpetologist is your full-time day job like you know can you see the differences between the hobby and kind of the professional herpetology i mean it's like is it freaking obvious to you walking around a reptile show that um they're completely two different worlds or is there kind of like a uh crossover well, I think the reptile hobby in itself is like 20 different worlds. Um, <laughs> there's no one, like, the, it's hard to compare. And it's the same in the zoo world. But, you know, I see a lot of parallels. And, and uh, in, in my personal opinion, I think there we should u- utilize academia, the hobby, and zoological institutions together. Because, I mean, I think the ultimate goal for a lot of these things is uh, conservation of animals and species and, and habitats and I think there's a lot of people, you know, that could benefit from a, from a, a like a symbiotic relationship between those three. Mm-hmm. So, what led you to carpet python? Out of all the stuff that you were collecting, what 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 eventually made you land there? Well, I had one carpet python. It mm-hmm. was a uh, it was a mix. Uh, I bought it when I moved to Washington D.C. in like 2008 or nine. I bought it from Brian Hummel. It was, uh, oh, I forget. It was a, at the time it was a Jag Sib, you know, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, this is going to be cool. It's going to have lots of bright yellows. It's a Sib. I didn't know what I was doing, but, mm-hmm. um, and he de- definitely wasn't sold to me that way. I just read it somewhere, but I kept that snake and it moved around with me for a long, long time. And, you know, I got, a. I ended up wanting to try to breed something. So I contacted Chad Gray, who, I purchased a uh, a real nice jungle jag from it and kind of put those two together. And that was my first produced pair was in 2015. Okay. And I don't know what it was, but man, the hob, that was how I got into it. But the whole time I, I talked a lot with Chris Salemi because I worked with him at the uh, Bronx Zoo, just a different department. I was at the reptile house there. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I just love the community. Like it's like I said, there's 20 different like subdivisions of, of groups within reptile in the reptile hobby, uh, but I love the Morelia group. It's just really supportive. There's not a lot of uh, underhandedness. There's not a lot of like, <laughs> no, look what I did. Look what I did. Right. Right. <laughs> a lot of backpatting. Um, yeah, not a lot of backstabbing, a lot of backpatting, which is good. <laughs> so, um, I think so. Well, yeah, as far as I know, there could be plenty of backstabbing. Oh, yeah, we just do it really, really subtly. Um, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so your your company's uh rad reptiles um what, what is your what's your main focus what's it all about i mean what are you kind of trying to go for or are you just 
happy as a clam breeding whatever you feel like. A little bit of everything, man, right? Cool. <laughs> whatever kind of uh, tickles my fancy a certain day. But no, no, no. I, I do have a collection plan, and that's what I'm in the middle of. Uh, when I created Rad Reptiles, you know, it's just my initials. I know it's not very clever. Um, <laughs> but I paid someone to make a logo, and I thought it looked cool. I was like, let's go for it. I I didn't. I wanted the logo initially to be a big, fat Morelia head, like an IJ head or something, or a big Bradley mm-hmm. head, a Bradley head. But I didn't want to be dug into just Morelia. I wanted to right. have the option five, six years down, ten years down the road to go a different direction if that's what I felt. So Red Reptiles just kind of encompasses everything. So currently I don't have much space. Like I have a very small snake room. So I've been accumulating um, several species that I think that I want to work with. And I'm just taking care of them for a year or two, see what I like, and then I'll make my decision and kind of decide what I want to work with from then on out. Cause I really want to like what I work with, mm-hmm. but so it's a little what, bit of everything. Primarily it's pythons, Indonesian pythons and Australian pythons and a few select colubrids. Can you give us a little bit of a brief kind of like overview? I know you said like Indonesian pythons, but like what kinds? Yeah, actually I have a list. Oh, cause I can't remember <laughs> anything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> For pythons, you know, I'm working. Uh, my, I, I would guess my flagship um, project would be the Exanthic um, and Tiger mix. You know, once I I, I made a decision in 2015 that I was going to make a financial investment, mm-hmm. and um, this might lead into some other discussions, but I wanted a recessive gene because. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it held its value a little longer, and, and it gave me plenty of time to develop this. I wanted a long-term, I wanted a long-term project, and um, Chris had just gotten uh, an IJ, and he was going on and on about it. And um, I looked more into it, and I really liked it. And then I was thinking that maybe Tiger would work in it because I know there's a lot of Rockhampton influence in, in that Swedish line, and they have really nice side striping. I was like, man, that stretch could go on for days if I did it right. So. I just went for for that as my as my project, and um, what I didn't anticipate was last season uh, I had red tiger exantic babies, homozygous or I thought it all be heterozygous, but um, and then my other clutch I bred to a jag, a Kurowski jag, and I got some stripes in the non jags, which I, mm-hmm. I didn't see coming, and uh, so I kept two two male striped animals, or I kept a male striped and a male uh, jag that looked awesome. And then I just kept two female tigers. So what I'm really looking forward to is when those two go together, um, they'll at least only be half siblings, which didn't seem as incestuous as siblings, <laughs> full siblings. So <laughs> right. I'm looking forward to seeing how they, how they affect each other. And I mean, I mean, isn't tiger just the stripe genetic stripe line anyways, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <clears throat> Plus I, I think that carpets, uh, just throw stripes, when you least expect them to, it's like they almost want to be striped animals. So you might get a ton of stripes out of stuff where you never thought they were going to come. So if you try to get stripes, everything will be striped. So yeah, it works out that way. Yeah, I was happy. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes it, made it a little difficult to keep holdbacks. Originally, I kept ten. I was like, this is not this isn't good. <laughs> don't ever oh, go full Burke. That, you know, don't ever go yeah. full Eric Burke. <laughs> And you keep My all of them. Easy, you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, hey, hey, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Downstairs, not numbers. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do I have? I have a really nice pair of um, Poplin carpet pythons. The male is a wild-caught leery, uh, product Ooh. of a wild-caught leery, and the female is a wild-caught. Um, nothing crazy, Wait. no mutations, just wanted some really nice. Um, you said Poplin carpet pythons, right? Okay. Yes, gotcha. he did. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he did okay. good. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I heard Poplin pythons, and I was like, wait, Leary? Oh, wait. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Sorry. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah. no, no big deal. Uh-huh. Uh, I also have some uh, some bumpy ball pythons. Yay! <laughs> uh, which are... Which are they're badass uh, snakes, they're aren't heads, they, man? They're, they're, they're just... They're not a royal python at all. Their heads no. are similar, and that's where it ends, man. They, they, they their, their, their behavior is different. Um, just every, like they just, they don't act or behave like I have some ball pythons. Sorry, mm-hmm. I have some royal pythons. <laughs> um, non, non mutation, just some wild caught stock. Just you know, I actually just want to produce some normals. As weird as that sounds, but well, you don't see them that often they're anymore. Completely different. Try to find them. It's difficult. I know you can't. <laughs> It, but I love those I, Angolans. I, they're not going anywhere. I know they're staying. That's my problem um, is now that Angolans have intrigued me, but I can't walk back everything I've said. Eric will never let me live it down. So I'm destined to never get Angolans now. So, yeah. Oh, that's uh, a bit for you guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just got you a did. bumpy carpet python. I think you can get a bumpy ball python. I'd have to eat a lot of crow. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a lot. So... Come on, man. It would only be once a year when we do the, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. uh, only once a year. Thank you very the much. The show when we uh, revisit what you said. That's all. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but, Ryan, you did just say bumpy carpet python, and I, and I, I know what that means. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell you, I, just, it's, I don't know how much of it is just from uh, – the fact that I know it's a rare species and that I watched that O'Shea episode growing up and was like, well, I'll never have that. Wait, I can have that. <laughs> but when I held that animal, whew, man, there will be more of those coming to my house. That is uh, – that's a fact. I made calls already. Um, so for anybody who isn't understanding, Ryan is talking about his rough-scale pythons that he has. So um, there you go. Now everyone's informed. So – Oh, thanks, man. You know, I was just kind of in tune. This felt like an intimate little conversation oh. between the three of us. No, no, it's people fine. Might be listening. Keep going. I, I'm totally <laughs> on board. <laughs> Eric, go away. But it's yeah, like, right? you know, it's um, they're they're such a cool species. So um, I saw that you got those, and um, you got tiny ones, right? Yours are 2017 babies? I got just one. It's one female right now. Oh. Um, it's a yearling. I got it from okay. Dave D. Um, oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, real nice transaction. I mean that, but that animal's great. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't say enough about it. She just ate a chicken chick. Um, <laughs> and she looks like she ate another rough scale python, but that's all right. She can handle it probably. <laughs> I <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> um, just such awesome. a cool snake. I want to pick it up every time I open that drawer. I'm like, I'm gonna pick you up. Because <laughs> nice. that's where it like comes into play. Like it's a beautiful snake and the head structure is just off and you know it's different than other morelia but when you pick it up you're like oh yeah i love you <laughs> that's right <laughs> you're bumpy so okay yeah awesome uh, i got a couple um species um 
uh, have a pair of Cape York Maculosa that I, I originally put up for sale to finance the uh, rough scale purchase. Cause I'm one of those mm. guys, if I want it, I'm going to get, I'm not going to put animals up for sale to raise funds. Cause man, if I sold those Anteresia and then didn't get that rough scale, like it sold, that would suck. Yeah. I yeah. never understood that. I'm like, go ahead and get what you want. And then if you need to sell something to make up for it, do it. Um, well, for me, anyways. But I, I, I reneged, and I'm not selling those. They're way too damn cool. <laughs> Aren't they? <laughs> These are mine. I'll sell something uh, else. Uh, yeah, I was like, Dude, does yours? I, does I yours have like a feeding like, nah. response? Do you have? Does yours have a feeding response that like you just like, like pick them up and they just start eating you like a king snake would? <laughs> it's so crazy. I don't under like they they do have a feeding response, but. The times that I've been that my fingers get bitten and wrapped up on with these anteresia, and I'm not like bragging about that. That it doesn't hurt, but it's still like a pain in the ass, and it, you know it's coming sometimes. But other times you really just don't. You're just holding it, and it's just sitting there. You know, like this is a really cool snake, and then it's just like opens its mouth. It doesn't strike; yeah. it just bites you and coils just up. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why? <laughs> you yeah. Like I have a pair of pygmy pythons too, the prosensus, and like they couldn't nice. eat my thumb. Why are you even trying? Right. So yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it. Those things. Yeah, angry. Those are cool too. Sorry, I could keep going on this list for uh, the Maclots pythons. Um, nice. I think I, did I say that right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I there's a feature <laughs> involved. I I can't so. comment on things. Yeah. So I yeah. got it right. <laughs> Oh, cool. People say they calm down. I don't believe it. That's yet. never true. No, I no. Yeah, I think there's a lot of lying going on around that. He yeah, thinks they're jerks, but I love them. <laughs> Ask Dennis. His never his one girl apparently bit him in the chest. So you know that's it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> not on. true. That's where I got that's my, one of my females from. Yeah, oh yeah, the season eight, you're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> nice. You got adrenaline pump every now and then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it makes things so that's fun. Basically, it for pythons. Cool. But I got some other crap too. I, I got a lot of colubrids and a couple of boids, and I just got a Sanzinia um, oh. male in because I wanted to try keeping that that species. And you know, I got that in the same day as a ruffy, so I put the ruffy away, and then I grabbed that Sanzinia. It's like smooth as silk. Um, <laughs> oh my god! It's a very completely different animal. That's an insane package delivery. That's like Eric Burke level package delivery where it's like, oh, just a rough scale in a Sanzania. It's yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. Did, did I say that like a arrogant person? Like, oh, yeah, you know. No, no, no. I, well, my just, rough yeah. scales in my Sanzania. <laughs> Here I am in my smoking jacket and my brandy. It's like, yeah. I, <laughs> Twirling it. Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. Twirl it. Yeah, it's fine. Don't forget the cigar, man. You need the cigar. You have to have that. Yeah. I mean, just it's roll whole, with it. Uh, it's a whole thing. So. <laughs> That's all the most. Good stuff, man. That's cool. What kind of colubrids do you work with? Don't you have yeah. like uh, uh Easter? yeah, Owen always digs that stuff. What I got mostly rat snakes or corns. Um I have a pair of the Sherman line Okatee corns. Mm, okay. Um, like the best of the best I thought. I've always liked Okatees and uh so I just uh, luckily I, I, I traded a pair of my uh eastern rat snakes. Uh, formerly known as black rat snakes. I try to embrace taxonomic change, even though it's very, yeah. very difficult. So you're shifting uh, all it, the so time. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I try to keep up. I'm probably 10 years behind right now, but 
you know, I, I have this pair that's got a really cool story. So I interned in the Cincinnati Zoo Reptile mm-hmm. House in 2001. So I'm not exactly young, but I the zookeeper at the time there had this was back in the heyday of glades herp and that's where like almost all zoos like bought a ton of crap back in the day (laughs) so they had gotten a wild caught pair of black rat snakes no locality information or anything and they bred them um as basically as feeders and a couple Mm -hmm. a pair of albinos popped out and one of the zookeepers took them home Mm -hmm. years later you know this guy bred those and I got babies from those. So these are F2 from whatever that is, or also known as super inbred. But the female is like an albino, a normal-looking albino, and the male is like a dark, rusty red, blue-eyed albino. And there's nothing else. They've never produced another one, another one like them. So um, cool. I've got 20 eggs incubating from that guy, and, and, like, they are stunning animals, like the offspring. I didn't keep any last year because I'm stupid, but I'm going to keep a bunch this year. That's awesome. Nice. And there did I read? And then I picked up a pair of lingaha. Okay. Which has been awesome. I don't know if you're familiar with the Malagasy leaf nose snake, but those things are just—they're cool. I, I have. <laughs> I, I am, but only in the sense of that. I imagine that they are just a bitch care-wise. I mean, is that not true? Uh, feeding-wise, I guess they can be a bitch, but. It just depends, man. It's 2018, and, like, there's almost nothing you can't get. That so is true. if I true. need to feed something <laughs> frogs, I can get frogs. If I need to feed something lizards, I can go get some lizards. Like, it's, like that, that's a – I think that's, like, one of those things that has been in the hobby for, like, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, does it eat chicks? Man, that's going to be tough. Thank you. Eat <laughs> quail. It's like, okay, well, how tough is it to get quail? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> Not it's really. I'll only buy it so, if it's on – frozen thawed white rats it's like but there's so many other options (laughs) so yeah i know and really in my experience uh with personal collections and the the multitudes of of places i've worked it's if you have an animal that's like stuck on something it's usually just because it's a picky eater in general like Mm -hmm. it would have been picky no matter what it decided to stick on um it probably would have been picky if you kept feeding it rats too but i feed a little bit of everything to all my animals Uh, i try different stuff got cases of frog legs and i've got smelt and all kinds of crap in my freezer that i'd give it a shot never know it'll be fun yeah man yeah cool um all right um did did i read right that you keep emeralds too or no emerald tree i used to have some emeralds and uh they don't mix well with my keeping uh snake room so i moved on from emeralds and that's and I moved on to uh, that's where I was. I went with Sanzinia instead. I was looking okay. for uh, an, uh, I'm an arboreal-ish boa species. Uh, emeralds are definitely really arboreal, but um, you know sometimes I just chalk up my losses and just say, all right, this isn't fitting in, and I need to rehome these guys. Yeah, that, right. that's, that's just a loss. That's a smart move. Sometimes you lose. Yeah. I'd rather lose and send it back to somebody who can take care of it than I just don't know what I was doing wrong. Mm. Right. So, you know, That's it cool. happens. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. Um, okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about how we're going to talk carpet python wise, but like, what's your approach to keeping them? You know, caging, heat, feeding, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's probably pretty basic to what a lot of people do. I don't, I don't think I do anything extra special. I have a small room. I keep it heated. Uh, my room is between seventy-seven and. 
80 probably throughout the day. I do offer mm-hmm. hot spots, whether it's racks or cages, and those hot spots are been none of them are above 86, 85. I've just not had the need. Even the IJs, sorry, even the pop wins, the PCP, <laughs> they, I keep them the same way, except for they, you know, like they always like to do is flood their water bowls everywhere. Um, Jerks. I feed yeah, they do. Pretty sparingly. <laughs> I, I don't feed a lot. Um, okay. I, I kind of look at. I look at my snakes on an annual basis and decide how many meals I want them to have, depending on what I want them to do that year. So my males okay. usually are going to get eight to 10 meals in a year. Adult males mm-hmm. should, should mm-hmm. say that. Um, and my females, depending on last year, I set a little heavier to that Jag that I, that I MI because I wanted to MI. Um, and that was a clutch that I, I was uh, willing to lose if she screwed up. So I just pumped her a little more full of food. Uh, usually I give those guys about 20 to 24 meals a year, right. not all equally spread out. And she got about 30 that year just to make sure that she had a little extra, extra belly on her. Okay. Um, the babies, I, I keep them in a six quart tub with a paper towel, uh, a little uh, eight ounce water, uh, deli cup with a water bowl. And then I love these plant saucers, like the little, like they're real flat, most of the snakes I keep, I use a lot of those, and I drill a hole in the top of them. And I think those are, like, the best hides because they're real low profile. So a snake can really, like, touch all sides of its body and re- feel really, really secure in there. And I usually don't have a whole lot of a lot of problems getting eat, but I haven't yet, really. Um, and I keep the, those guys, same thing. They, they're the same as the adults. Um, and I keep anything that's above a – a sub-adult size is in a cage of some sort, either a three or four foot AP cage. Okay. Like T10s really, really or something like that? Quite... Yeah. Are you... yeah. Most of them are T10s. I forget what the three-footers are. Actually, I don't even think the three-footers are AP. Never mind. But um, I keep uh, the Papillon carpets in, in three-foot cages. Uh, and I feed the babies probably once a month. Okay. I just do, don't. Maybe. And then... Um, I just don't want him. I, I don't know. I hate seeing. Uh, did you see that meme the other day where it showed somebody like feeding their like you're almost two years old. It's almost time to breed, and they're like feeding that kid a ton of food. I don't want to <laughs> be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I follow pretty much the same uh, same idea. I guess the only difference with me is uh, probably just the caging. You know, I'm using more racks than I am caging, but no. you know. I get it. Shoot, I probably know. should. That's what I say. You know, if I got rid of all my cages, I'd have a ton of racks, but I like my cages. So, I don't know. I'm torn. So Yeah, that's the one thing about carpets is, like, <clears throat> when I tell people, I, I've been to a local show here, and you know, they're just so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're, they don't, they're always doing something different. I, I, I encourage people to put different crap in their cages, let them climb around on them and stuff. It's I like to look at them, so yeah, that's why I put them in cages. It's definitely yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, not for them. Man, I don't give a damn. It's totally for me. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean they well, do fine. They eat. They do all their fun stuff. But yeah, it's definitely because I want to watch them. I say that all the time, and uh, you know the uh, uh, let's say Facebook experts um, that oh, have yeah, you don't know what you're talking about three carpet pythons, uh, you know, come along and you know will tell you differently. You know. <laughs> How dare you, so sir? Many of those. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. There must be a group for Facebook reptile experts. <laughs> <laughs> There's tons of they those groups. Together. There are lots they of them, apparently. <laughs> They descend oh, upon a post. Everybody, come on. This guy's in cages. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this man. guy tried to pass off his uh, olive python as a tannenbar scrub. What's wrong with him? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a YouTube comment I got. I couldn't oh, believe it. I'm sorry. I switched, je- uh, I switched venues now. Whoops. Uh, level of, I level saying, of. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't believe the level of uh, so. Uh, well, this is a good segue, you know, because yeah. we're talking exanic. We're going to talk the exanic. So there was a lot oh. of controversy when it comes to this exanic gene, and you know, uh, again, the YouTube world was up in arms and whatever. And one of the things that I try to do anymore as of late is to listen to the people that are actually doing it. Meaning that mm-hmm. you know, I think you should sit down and shut the f up if you're. Don't have never produced exanic carpets. You know, um, this is my first year producing exanics. Uh, so I'm, see, I'm kind of seeing what I've been told. I mean, I have exanics that, you know, the hats look like a visual exanic, you know, they do, they look exanic to me, you know, I don't. And, and I guess back then I just sort of chalked it up as, well, you know, carpets are kind of variable. If you have coastal line, I guess I can see why, where that gray would, would come into play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so anyway, you, you, it's sort of the flagship gene of your collection. So what's your thoughts? I mean, with the clutches that you've hatched, what, where do you stand with it? Yeah, I think I made it pretty clear in that YouTube video, which I can't tell if it actually came off as funny or just really arrogant and dickish. Um, <laughs> but I was just having fun with it. But you know, right. and let's let's remember, like I wanted this stupid thing to be Gene. That's why I like. That's why I paid a bunch of money to get one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, but, right. You know, after three, I've only produced three clutches. It's been like forty-nine animals, and. Um, I mean, the varying degrees of the hypoxanthism that's present in these guys, in their phenotype, is just obvious. It's blatantly obvious. Um, as you, If you just had a clutch, you've probably seen that, right? I mean, uh-huh. so then I listen to these podcasts all the time, and it's like, what is, it's not a recessive. I mean, I don't, I don't believe, and I'm not going to tell anyone what to believe. This is, this is my personal opinion watching these things, um, is that if, if it passes on any, um, degree of hypoxanthism at all from a homozygous uh, adult when the other parent had nothing, then I, I think that's like the definition of incomplete dominant. And I could, so, I mean, mm-hmm. and I, and I, some of the heads I produced, I mean, I could have easily pass them off as exanthic, but luckily I'm not a, yeah, luckily I'm not <laughs> yeah. that kind of guy. So, I mean, I, I think if it looks like an incomplete dominant and, you know, and smells like an incomplete dominant. It's probably an incomplete dominant, but I can't say that for sure. But I feel pretty confident saying that it's a recess. It's not a recessive gene, just because right. of the variability and uh, uh, the degrees of hypoxanthism. And I, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people who have produced something, uh, produced you know, hats, um, agree. Uh, but it's a it's a big. It's easy for me. You know, I got an eight by ten room in my basement. You know, I got nothing to lose, but I just feel like I'm being honest. And you know what? If something happens and, you know, it comes out like, nope, you were wrong. I'll be like, oh, shit, I was wrong. 
Well, right, right. I'll go with this new information and just move forward. But I mean, I think it's pretty evident. And uh, I think, and I don't, I'm not even sure that was the biggest part of the controversy. The one post put on the discussion board, and I was like, well, should we call them Xanthix and Super Xanthix? And like, that's when some people had more to say. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> You know, it's not that I necessarily like any of those terms, but to me, the Xanthic, the mode of inheritance seems exactly the same as caramels. Right. You know, because caramels, look how, much, look how varying caramels are when you breed those things out. Um, oh, it's And again, sucks. the only way to prove it is soup. <laughs> yeah, right? So, yep. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's tough, um, but, you know, I made a claim on it, and uh, I'm going to stick to it until I'm proven otherwise. Like, if this gene would have come in as incomplete dominant and then tr- someone tried to like, – this wouldn't even be a, a discussion. Like, it just so happened that, unfortunately, it came in with the recessive label because that's the information we had at the time. And yeah. I don't know. I, I could be completely wrong in this stuff. Like, I, I'm not uh, – I wasn't at, at the beginning of this – the onset of the exantic gene, but – you know, I've talked to a lot of people who who have a lot of experience with it, and I've seen it with my own eyes. And I don't know, so I'm going to call them supers and exantics and then just make sure in the meantime through this transitional kind of terminology that I make it very evident the difference between a heterozygous exantic and a homozygous exantic. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much what you got to do. Yeah. Um, How do you guys feel? You guys on the... Not to put you on the spot too, but I don't know. I mean, Go on, Eric. <laughs> I mean, from, so <laughs> I kind of refrained from jumping into what I thought, and until I hatched out um, what I hatched out this season, and I, like I said, I, I, you know, I'm with you. I was hoping that it was recessive because they would, uh, you know, retain the value a little more, uh, but. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, you call spade a spade. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of what I see. I think I, I, I would kind of agree with you with the caramel thing. You know, I've hatched out a bunch of caramels too and caramel crosses. And um, it's really quite difficult sometimes. Like some of these things I swore were not caramels. And, you know, I show Owen and he's like, that's a caramel. I'm like, well, that's the yeah. ugliest caramel I've ever seen in my life. You know, they so, can be ugly. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, it, it, to me, it becomes a political thing, if you will. Um, you know, it's like this camp doesn't like that camp. So then they think that, you know, well, whatever that person says, I'm not going to agree with them and vice versa. And it's just a pissing match that at the end of the day, I think most of the people that are talking about it are people that don't either A, haven't hatched Xanax or B, don't even have an Xanax. Xanax. Yes. Yeah, they don't have an Xanax anything. So, like, they can't, you know, I mean, if somebody like Paul Harris is telling me, you know, that he always thought that they were incomplete dominant, uh, well, <laughs> uh, I'm going to kind of go with what he's telling me. Um, you know, um, if somebody like anybody that's producing carpets in, 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 a, in a bulk amount, you know, to me, you know, they're dealing with clutch upon clutch upon clutch of this gene and they're seeing something different. I think the thing that people lose sight of uh, a lot is that they'll compare it to like, you know, Royal pythons or, or corn snakes or whatever. And I think they misunderstood when Nick came on and talked about it way back Mm -hmm. a couple months ago is that he said 
all Exantix, all of them, meaning <laughs> Royal Pythons and, you know, ex- and, and then you have a, a geneticist come on and yeah. Ben says the same thing. I'm sorry, man. I have to kind of go with what they're saying. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm necessary. I, I think it comes down to whether or not you trust those people and they're telling you the right thing. Uh, I right. do. You know, I do. I do trust what they're saying. I think they're they're knowledgeable. I've learned a lot from them. They've never steered me wrong in the past. Why would they do it with this? You know, I mean, if anything, to a certain extent, you know, they sold me something saying it was this and now it's that, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of like right. if you're invested in that project, it sort of changes what you were doing. You know, I mean, yeah, would only you... everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only uh, everything. Well, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Ryan. I mean, if you knew that it was an incomplete dominant trait, would you have done breedings different? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, I think I would have. I mean, not even gotten into exams. You know, I honestly, I mean, I'd like to say that I, I mean, it's a, when I got it, I mean, I was sold on it. As soon as I opened that, well, that's fucking cool. I'm yeah, gonna keep right. this thing. Um, but you know, maybe I wouldn't have. Like, I knew that I wanted to work with Morelia and I wanted to be in carpet pythons. This was a big decision for me to to drop some bones on a, on an animal that, you know, um, so that I wanted a recessive and albino just didn't do it for me. I, I you know, I, I think they're beautiful. I like looking at other people's albino carpets, but you know, I just, I don't just didn't do it for me. And historically right. albinos of anything are like a pain in the absolute balls to get eating. And so oh, I kind of refrain from that. It's yeah. not just carpets. That's like anything that's albino, yeah. um, tend to have issues. So, no, you know, I may not have even gotten into these antics, but I'm glad I did, man. These stripes, man, I can't wait for like 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rock solid, stripey, super exantic. Oh, I said it. Um, <laughs> year. But, right. you know, I want to cut back to something you said earlier that kind of shows the mindset we need to have. You hatched out a caramel. You're like, this ain't no caramel. But what did you do? You went and talked to someone who's bred a piss load of caramels, and you right. asked for their opinion. And when they gave right. their opinion, you said, well, all that experience you have, your opinion, and I changed my stance. Right. It's not difficult to do. Like, it's the essence of science, and it's kind of we're, we're playing a little art science here with all the we're playing scientists, but right, like that's that's how I view everything. Like when new evidence is presented, I am allowed to change my my stance on things. Right. Yeah, I don't have to stand by it staunchly. Like I'm, you know, I don't have to be that stubborn. The other thing is that, you know, science is a very, very fickle thing, and it doesn't give a shit what you planned on or what you thought. It's only going to give you facts and the truth. And when you have somebody like Ben come on here and explain to us how it works and how we should be talking about it and how we should be saying it, to go a different direction is basically just like, well, I'm just going to, I don't know, burn this genetics book and not pay any attention to it and go on my merry way. It's like... Yeah, but come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah, as, as a guy I mean, who was... go ahead. Sorry, I thought you were going to go, so I hit this coffee, because like Chris said, I had well past my bedtime. <laughs> um, but if you got yeah, a guy who's like, yeah, so I'm looking at, you know, send me these shit skins. I can identify these markers on a genome, and you're just like, shut up. I can't do that <laughs> shit. <laughs> exactly. So whatever he says, he's, you know, he's well beyond me. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. What do you, you know? Yeah. So, what do you know? <laughs> I don't know. The second you, the second a lot of you come to a room, about a lot of uncontroversy. 
Exactly. And the second you come into a room and your name is doc, like you have doctor and you're a geneticist, I automatically assume you know what you're talking about. It's like I took maybe two genetics classes in college and can kind of understand it. But, dude, you're a doctor. So, of course, he knows how this works. And he can sit there and say, yeah, if you walk into a room and call something a super, they're going to laugh at you. It's like, okay, so what should we be talking about? He goes, oh, by the way, you know, Kodam is a stupid word. And I'm like, okay. So it's like, yeah, that's how we should be doing this is how we should be presenting it. So just because it changed not even that much that it's a, it's a, um, incomplete dominant, just move forward with it knowing, it, I mean, I have uh, het exanic animals and I'm being like putting wonderful little quotes everywhere. And that's, you know how they should be presented and you just need to know that they only have part of it and they can express it differently and just kind of move on with that so in selling them you are going to have to do a lot more explaining and it kind of sucks but just get your facts in line and you should be fine yeah i don't even think it sucks i love explaining the pairings i love explaining like what's in here like granted i don't have as many pairings as you guys so uh, you know i can i can spend a little more time on this one pairing <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, it's all in the wording. Like, yeah, yeah. you can still say head exanthic if you want, because technically that's exactly what it, it is. I only made a suggestion. Yeah, yeah, I only made a suggestion to kind of help portray what the fairly obvious mode of inheritance is with it. Like when you yes. hear het something, you don't. I, I think most people think recessive. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. You know, like and you're, you're you don't right hear on. het with cystic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you know, there's the other thing is that it's like we we it's almost like we're altering the language that it should be to kind of make it so that the the basic layman on the other side of the table at a reptile show will understand what the hell they're looking at, and that's that's okay. But as long as you hammer home the points, it's uh, you know, it, but it's going to be a little tricky for some people. Yeah, yeah, and then trans, the transition to maybe doing this is just going to suck. I mean, no, but yeah. it's just, it's going to be tough to, to, to figure out. I, I don't mind talking to people about it forever. I could talk exanthic for the rest of the show if you wanted to, but, um, but I, I mean, I, it's right there. It's obvious. It's just going to take a while for people to, to kind of see it and maybe, um, hopefully see it with their own eyes and kind of be able to judge it. I mean, you can look at an exanthic and, and a, you know, I'm using your quotes, head exanthic, um, and they can look completely the same, and they can look completely different. I, I don't – I'm rambling now. Man, I need more coffee. <laughs> well, I think the the other thing is is um, I remember I remember talking to Ben. Uh, this was a long time ago when we had him back in the early earlier days, and I, I was asking him about, you know, pied ball pythons and asking why is that not an incomplete dominant trait if – they always show those visual markers. And, you know, he kind of was saying about that. It just, as much as they're usually there, it's not always a hundred percent, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I would think that that might, you know, and again, I don't breed pied ball pythons, so I can't really comment on that. I can only go. And I know Ben works with a lot of ball pythons, um, so I'm going to I'm going to go with him on that but when he at the same point when he's coming in and he's saying that this is consistent which 
is sort of why everybody is sort of saying, wait a minute, maybe we were wrong. Maybe this is like if you can consistently tell, you know, an exanic. Well, uh, I'll say that this way for an exanic from a super exanic, you know, then. (laughs) (laughs) Then, (laughs) you know, then to me, why why is it a question of whether it's incomplete dominant or not? I, I I mean, this is my opinion. Now there was a question, and Owen, oh, you might be able to answer this best of out of I all three of us. Actually, typing it. <laughs> so yeah. I'll just stop doing that, uh, and we'll do it properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the question from William was, how do you how do caramel exanix or het look much different from just plain caramels? Um, do you see many side by side? No, oh, you don't see many side by side comparisons now. You don't. Before you go, I just got yes. a caramel jag head exanic from Nick. So uh-huh. I just I have that to look at, but go ahead, Owen. Okay. You've actually hatched them out. I would say that with and I actually had a I have a caramel head exanic that I got from Nick a couple of years ago who is now um she'll be breedable next year. So I've seen mm-hmm. her grow up as one and then I've hatched out my first caramel heads last year and then uh, I have another clutch hatching out right now. Um, I would say that the caramel color is um, not as dark. It's a little bit lighter, and there's definitely more of a grayish silver um, coming through to them. And uh, the patterns are definitely um, – I mean, I haven't, I haven't hatched any busy patterned caramel head exanics. I've hatched a ton of busy patterned caramels. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that is something to do too or it kind of just dilutes the pattern a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I would also say that they're just naturally – brighter i've not seen any really really dark ones the colors on them definitely do pop and especially with the caramel color you see a lot more of the red um when they're tiny as well as uh you know like the uh, grayish kind of caramel color does come through so uh i would definitely say brighter so more research is still needed i could go downstairs and throw my caramel head next to a caramel from last year and take some pictures later, but um, <laughs> there you go. It's, again, your problem is that you're comparing uh, two animals, and it's like uh, it's 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 not like when people toss like a caramel jag and a normal jag. It's like they're both jags. It's like these things are almost like comparing two normals from two different lines. It's like they can look drastically different just because of what they are and who their parents were. So. Um, I can try to compare. It's just one of those things. So hmm. now, mm-hmm. do you have any plans of going that route, Ryan? Um, taking the caramel into the into uh, exanic or even hypo, <laughs> if you will. No. No. <laughs> a simple question. Simple answer is no. No. I, I've I've got a pretty clear track of what I want to do, and I don't want to muddy it up and with any other temptation. Besides, I, there's some red <laughs> like it might. My exanthic, um, my super exanthic to red tiger production from last year, you know, that was a red tiger. And, I, you know, oh, that I, know would ruin you. I don't really care if someone <laughs> wants to throw in caramel to red together. I'm just not doing it. Um, well, you're gotcha. just very confused. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's, I'm it's already be one of those confused, things. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, make it harder. Yeah, but, you know. I just have a, a very clear idea of what I want to see. You know, I want to see a bright, but like the white on the homozygous exanthic on the bottom of that animal. Like mm-hmm. that is some of the brightest, most intensely awesome white I've seen on a snake. 
and I want to just work on that and work on stripes. So nice. I really the red is in there because I mean I couldn't pass up on that tiger. I was looking for a tiger to pair with this the homozygous exanthic, and I was like, I will take you. Yes, you are going. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll put you together. So I'm just looking. I'm working on on um, I guess it'd be exanthic or super exanthic tigers and super exanthic tiger jags. That's what I'm working for. Uh, working towards with the coastals, and then this coming next season, my homozygous exanthic, my super, I'm putting to a possible pet, which, as you know now, it's kind of easy to tell if it's a possible head. I would, I would bank pretty much money on the fact that this possible head is a head. But um, we'll see what the babies look like, and everything will be sold. Everything will be sold as a possible, um, possible exanthic. Yeah. I just won't be able to prove it for another three or four years, but hopefully I'm doing that so I can see what maybe a potential homozygous looks like coming out of the egg. Cause I've been told it's pretty evident when a homozygous exanthic comes out. It's like, oh, yep, that's you. Yeah, I've been told it's pretty easy. A homozygous exanthic? Yes, 100%. Yeah. It's super easy. Okay. Yeah, that's the eyes are still so I want to see if I can see it. God, their eyes are awesome. <laughs> yeah, they have like uh so this year I've hatched out uh crosses that are exanic, head exanic if you will. Uh and uh I've hatched out popwins, the carpets that are um het and visuals and what's the other one I did? Um and then I did uh well, the other one was crosses too, but I used both the coastal and the um, uh, Poplin carpet, uh, Xanax, um, and definitely you can, uh, I don't know. You can just see, I, I don't know how else to explain it. They're just different from regular. So like, so for, uh, just for understanding, like when you hatch out Poplin carpets, um, you're hatching them out. You're, they're, they're bright red. They're, they're like crazy red. These are not. <laughs> so what's that tell you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have exanics you can see that are visually exanic, and then you have these other ones that are not red, but they're also not exanic. So what is, you know what I mean? So it's, it's somewhere in the yeah. middle there. Right. So, when I saw that, then I was like, okay, I see what these guys are talking about now. So. Well, man, I hope I see it next year myself in Coastal's. <laughs> Add a little bit to yeah. my knowledge here, my experience. But I yeah, think the I mean, biggest problem is really going to be proving them out. I mean, look at – I think that's why there might be a lot of, you know, opposition is, uh, you know, now you might have to just prove out all your, quote, supers. Uh, because, yeah. the, like, you've seen some hats that are some, like, ones that are only carrying a single copy of that gene that you're like, are you – are you – you might be a <laughs> Right. Or, you know – the homozygous form, so right. You know, I could see that being a reason for people being very hesitant to roll on with it. Well, yeah. like I said, I think uh, I think part of the issue comes down just to the politics of it and who actually said that. You know what I mean? And then it just becomes. I think the problem is going to be for new people coming in. It's like, you know, what camp am I going to be in? Am I going to be in this camp or am I going to be in that camp? And carpets are already 
confusing to begin with for somebody that's coming from like the ball python world or something like that, you know, because, you know, I did a blog about it today, but you know, it's, it's like you have subspecies, you have, uh, you know, different morphs, you have different localities, you have, yeah. yeah, And it's, it just becomes like, well, and then you start saying, well, this is a 75% this and that. And you're like, what does that mean? And then people think that jungle is a morph. Like, oh, yeah, I want right. one of those jungle morphs. And it's like, no, jungle's a subspecies. Well, and that's the thing is that we're, we're probably one of the only complexes that when you get a morph, you have to realize that it is in self, it's an integrate. You know, if I look at a snow, just because of what it is, you have to understand that it is an integrate already yeah. off the bat. Right. So. Right. And nobody else has to deal with that. So we should get on the same page of how the hell these things transfer, and we should all get it, you know, somewhat right. So, it, it, and that's and that's where we're kind of arguing a little bit. But if if you go back to some kind of like scientific basis, there is only one way this thing can do this. It's like the correct. It's correct this way. If you say it's any other way, it's that's wrong. You're wrong. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. So I don't know. We'll right. I think eventually no, I think everybody will. Sense. Eventually, everybody will come around because it's like you can't. Even if you're holding on to it so freaking tight that it's a certain way, eventually everybody will start proving you wrong because they'll all be producing and we'll all be looking at this stuff. And you'll either be that crazy guy who's the only one that sits there and goes, I don't know, man, it totally is this. Well, Jesus Christ, dude, how many times do does Owen need to produce Xanax this before you listen? So right. eventually it will come around. It's just going to suck till then. So Right. Yeah, Absolutely. it's just going to take time. It's going to take time. And, you know, you, all you can do is do what you do in a, in a normal basis with people with carpet pythons. And try not mm-hmm. to get angry at those questions that come up firsthand and you're like even if you hate it it's gonna happen i mean i mean i remember being really stupid you know i got that jag sib yeah <laughs> it's like look at this jag sib man it's gonna be high yellow I, right That's i got sweet. it i got an ornate jaguar carpet python once and uh <laughs> it was a very busy pattern jaguar bred to another carpet and what Somebody made me buy it, which is, or somebody got me to buy it by calling it an ornate jag, even though it's just a busy pattern jag. So, come yeah, on. but I mean, you know, the cool thing is that cool. that, <laughs> that about the uh, the carpet python world is like, you know, even with that, I mean, we we did have, you know, uh, these crazy terms that came up like red hypo and oh my god, I made hard on all these different things. <laughs> But I think Holy I don't crap. think I know a lot of people back then that the debate was that they were saying that, you know, they were doing that because of the trying to sell it or whatever. But I, I, I don't know. I don't think that, you know, those guys were being malicious. I think that they were just trying to explain what it was and they were trying to find a a way to say, well, this is this and this is that, you know. And, right. Uh, I mean, for the longest time, they called tigers that had full stripes down their backs and sides supers because they yeah. were no, yeah. super, Supers super duper. It's like, it's yeah, okay. because they, they didn't understand the genetics. Tiger's a perfect exactly. example of that. I mean, they used to argue all the time and said that it was incomplete dominant and this is a super and blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah. you know, 
now it's pretty much just accepted that it's a polygenic trait and you know this is what it is and so eventually we will get to a point where we all agree it's just until then we're gonna have to fight (laughs) so it's just gonna be (laughs) the way it's gonna be (laughs) i don't like to fight I, i stay out of that crap on facebook and stuff but you know, I'm just going to represent it as I feel it is. Uh, I, yes. I think there's a lot of facts and a lot of, you know, well-to-do people, you know, respected people in the hobby that agree with this assessment or at least agree that it's not recessive. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to continue to move on with it that way and still represent it, you know. In the meantime, as people catch on, like this is an exantic parentheses heterozygous, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just represent it the right way. And I think people eventually catch on. And shit, it might be just like the red hypo. Like we might look back in the 10 years and be like, oh, yeah, remember that? Who the hell believes that? <laughs> yeah, that's, like, yeah, that's, what a dumb that's, little argument we had. Well, yeah, what a moron yeah. that. It wasn't even red. It's like, yeah, that's how this is going to go. So we just got to get past it. That is the one cool thing about the Morelia community, in my opinion, is typically we do embrace science. And, uh, you know, if 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 the if if the facts are there, then, you know, it's kind of accepted and we move on, you know. And then we fight about something else. You know, at that yes. point, we'll fight. Unless they say jungles, coastals, and poppins are all the same, then we'll be like, well, fuck you, Oh, science. dear God. I think you should do some more work. Uh-huh. Well, well, I mean, haven't they already said about, that? Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the what the scientific name for poplin carpet pythons is anymore. I just call them poplin It doesn't make any pythons. sense. You know, well, again, I think exists. that's. Syrian Jaya doesn't. And, yeah, I don't know what I, the hell to believe. Science, like the nomenclature, I'm just like, I'm just gonna avoid it. Yeah, don't just these, these carpet what? pythons are from Papua. <laughs> no, yeah, they're from over there. Just draw a big circle around like Indonesia, Australia area, like this area. Yeah, I mean, I, I exactly. personally, I love the name IJ. I do. I really do. I, 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 you know, and again, it's a, it's a huge part of my collection. So like when all of a sudden <laughs> I, I just saw two people consistently saying, you know, Mike Cross was one of them and Nick Mutton was another. And I, I, I respect both those guys. And I'm like, so I asked him on the show, I'm like, well, why do you call them Poplin carpet pythons? And then he's like, well, that's because that's where they're from. And I'm like, Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. Yeah. He's like, they're not from Erie and Jaya. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And I remember reading, and I think that, like, the, the as far as the scientific name, I think that, again, that's just a political thing because they don't want to recognize uh, what's his name's name. Oh, don't uh, Never mind. Yeah. Sorry. I almost said it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, well, that's why you know, his and it's just is, his recognized that? nomenclature is Morelia Harris and I, and we all go yep. by typically. I think we go by Morelia, you know, Spoleta Harris and I. I don't right. know what the hell to think, so <laughs> I, I can't even find a good paper on it. Like, please, somebody forward that to me. I'm I'm probably not trying hard enough, but if you can, if anyone's out there, it has some uh, some hard evidence in like primary journal articles, not from that one journal. Um, <laughs> but anywhere else with some nomenclature, I, I, I mean, I'd love to educate myself, but I think you'll find it hard to find that yeah. kind of information. Well, and also you'll, not necessarily a fun place. Well, also yeah. you'll find a paper that you really agree with and you really kind of like, this totally makes sense. And this is great. And then a year later, another paper will come out that totally trumps it. And you'd be like, Oh, God damn it. What the hell? 
So, well, and, I mean, we well, we haven't even talked about how um, the last book has put the Darwin's and IJ's together, <laughs> and what the hell does yeah. that do for like albino granites? Are those pure animals now? <laughs> it's like we haven't even <laughs> talked about this yet, right? <laughs> so, you know, well, holy crap! Those first albinos that we talked about in the beginning of the show were those pure animals. It's like that because if so, there are a lot of people who really got chipped off here. So, <laughs> well, they. I mean, uh, if I think, it's not one thing, it's another. Thank you. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, pretty it's pretty crazy, man. But I mean, at the end of the day. I mean, even if they are genetically the same, clearly they're different. Even if you want to go as far as saying localities, they have different looks to it. And as much as I bust balls about, you know, coastals and jungles being the same and whatnot, at the end of the day, we clearly have this, you know, this group over here that are different than this group over here, even if it's just visually different. You know, these came from this line and, you know, if you cross them, then you would kind of lose that. So even if, like, I mean, if you read any of the books on anything or any of the papers, clearly jungle carpets, if anything was to disappear, jungle carpets would be the one. But, you know, again, they're, they're, they're definitely something different and worth uh, preserving, I guess you would say, uh, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, you know. Yeah, by all means, I would. Yeah, yeah, hundred no percent. Right, but you know, I get. I guess it's just it's just like one of those things. Like I, I always like to joke about it because you know I like to say to Owen like things like, "Oh, well, jungle jags are pure now." You know, Stop <laughs> he that. just he just twitches a little bit. You know, it's just really I did. good. I visibly <laughs> twitched. Okay, <laughs> not okay. Zebra and jags are pure. Even... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Soon albino zebra jags will be completely pure, and then Owen will hang himself. So it's just, you know, yeah. and and the thing is that if I say IJ, it's just because that's how I was taught, and then I'm going to revert back to that because I'm an old dog and I refuse to learn new tricks. So, even God sometimes damn it. I say IJ, you know, I'll be I switching know. back and forth. You know? Smile every time you do because it's yeah. just funny. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've gone back and forth this whole show. I, I don't know if you've caught it, Poplin. Oh yeah, I don't Poplin. worry about it. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. But the, right. the fact I, of the matter I, is, Erie and Jaya doesn't exist anymore. Thank you. As right. long as Nothing. you embrace, Nothing can be from Erie and Jaya. So it's like change. If change was easy, everyone would do it, and it wouldn't be a big, big thing. But you know, sometimes just because you're changing something doesn't mean you have to like it. Right. But you, you, I agree with what they said, and I embrace it, but. I just get it confused. So it doesn't mean that I don't agree that they should be pop one carpets or whatever the hell we're calling them. But I just keep calling them IJ because it's just ingrained into my brain. So well, we're talking about co- common names and like one of the ones that uh, I always think of, and I think you have it listed on your Facebook page is this is the Maclots pythons. Okay. Well, you know, their common name that they uh, have is uh, really called the freckled python. You know, right. so do we call it a Maclots Python or a Freckled Python? At the end of the day, does it does it I'll, matter? I'll do you one better. <laughs> yeah, all freckled. my white lips, all my white lips are labeled Bothrachillus on my website, so we can go down <gasps> that road. Yeah, well, that's all right. I don't know much about those those guys, <laughs> so I can keep up in the, in a conversation. I'll just trust you because you have them. 
Oh well, no, you shouldn't trust me at all. I just like that paper. So it's oh, yeah. um, oh shit, but and it, it it's I can't get a clear answer of where we should be. So whatever. Um, and also, I'm lazy about changing my website. So you know, sometimes that's just a pain in the ass, isn't it? <laughs> so. I'm like, oh, I gotta change that. Well, they'll just like be that now like forever. Older animal. <laughs> I try to. I yeah, try right. to name. I, I don't know why I have a website. I don't think a lot of people go to it, but I like it. I remember back in like looking at O five animals on King Snake and seeing going to people's websites, and it was the coolest thing. And it's not like it's expensive to have a website, so no, I just want no, one. It makes me feel more legit too. I don't know. Right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I dig it. Makes me feel better. You know, <laughs> well, you know, you want to talk about f- websites real quick. Uh, what's frustrating mm-hmm. is like I put all this work into my website with keeping and breeding and, you know, diary journal and all this shit. And they still people will be like, I can't find any information on carpet pythons. <laughs> you freaking kidding me, man? <laughs> <laughs> huh. I know what he does. When you tell to go to your website. Like yeah, but they like, kind of get through me? the website. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Owen. Hit some breeding talk. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan, why don't you walk us through how you actually do your breedings uh, for your guys? You know, where do you start it? What's your temperature job, drops or if you do a food cycle? Uh, kind of walk us through your whole season. All of the above, man. Why not? Sweet. Uh, might as well hit the <laughs> trifecta, you know. I'll do everything. I don't care. Uh, whatever gives me the greatest success or greatest chance for success is what I'm going to do. So mm-hmm. um, I don't, I'd like to say I wait for the temperatures and like sync up with nature, but I don't. It's like after the first week of November is when I drop temps every year. Um, I drop temps to somewhere in the sixties at night. And, but I leave heat on for the first two weeks and then I drop temp and turn off all supplemental heat for the next four weeks obviously everything okay. gets turned back on during the day. And then I have another mm-hmm. two weeks uh, where they have heat at night, supplemental heat at night, but the temperature drops. Uh, and then I start raising everything back up. So it's really just an eight week cycle. Um, and that's with coastals, coastals. And uh, I, I had the uh, jungle Jag um, uh, pairing from two, 2015, but I bred them the same way, but I'm not bred okay. anything, any other carpet pythons, but it's pretty simple. And then I also, uh, you know, I feed every I feed really, really heavy. The the food that my breeder carpet pythons are eating is actually coming up. Uh, it's the expensive time of the food year. It's um, pretty much July and August and September. Those three months I feed much more heavy. I want to make sure they're bulked up, and then I give them all of October to to like empty themselves out. And that's I feel like a month is plenty of time, uh, and mm-hmm. I see the bow moons prove it. And then that's why the first week in November I drop, I start dropping temps. Now they're all cleaned out, and, it, and I pair them up like November first. If that's when I'm dropping temps, that's when I put my stuff together. Okay. And uh, they've always bred within the first 24 hours. So I okay. don't even know if I actually have to continue with this stupid cycling, but I do it. <laughs> why? Sure. Why? Why stop now? Yeah. <laughs> Just... Yeah, it's not hurting anything. It's cheaper on my bill. Yeah. So I'll just keep it up. Um, but that's pretty simple. And then this pat, usually I, I set them up, uh, I incubate them at 88. Um, but uh, this past year, I, my incubator crapped out and I wasn't really planning on breeding anything, but 
I was like, well, I've got a clutch that if it didn't survive, like it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be horrible to me. So I'm going to MI and I prepped for MI. Um, and it was a, it was kind of an interesting process that she was okay. kind of, uh, that, that fun, what's that fun word? Jag tarted. Yes. It's one of my favorite <laughs> carpet python words. Cause it's so damn true. Um, okay. so she was a perfect mom for 43 days. She'd get up and eat and go get a, grab a sip of water, take a stretch, go back on the eggs. And like day 43, she just never went back on them. She just sat next to them. Okay. The whole thing just kept sitting next to them. And then one day I even looked in there and, uh, I don't know how she did it, but the eggs were on top of her. How did you do that? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> just try to yeah, take like, care so, of I was like, well, <laughs> well, like I said, like I wasn't too worried about losing the clutch in it. And really, I was really interested to see what would happen if I just left them in there. I mean, mm. they were close to a heat. Like, it wasn't like I temped them with a surface, like an infrared heat gun. And it was anywhere from 79 to 83. And I was like, man, it's got to happen in the wild, right? Yeah. Got yeah, I mean, usually. It's got to get cold, and, and there's still a shitload of carpet python, so... Well, let's just see what happens, and I just let them go, and they, you know, I got nine healthy babies out of a 14-egg clutch, and I would say the biggest mistake I made was not keeping the humidity high enough. You know, I missed it once a week, but I didn't, I thought it was plenty humid in there, but I was way wrong, and I lost a lot of uh, animals in the eggs, and they were obviously pretty dried out. Mm. Um, so I just, that's, I should have put, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, but right. those things hatched at really low temps. Um, and, and moving forward, I think at least with coastals, I'll probably incubate at lower temps for these guys. I'm not in a rush. I don't need them to hatch out in 52 days, 56 days. So I'm thinking about incubating at 85, 86, moving forward with those guys, um, just to play around, just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. So um, now when I, um, was really, really stupid and, uh, did not plug in my incubator and incubated a clutch. Um, at low temps, probably around like 82. <laughs> um, some of them did come out with, uh, I think one of them came out with a kink spine, and they were a bitch to get feeding. Have you noticed anything like that with your little ones? Uh, you know, I took some of the the ones that had passed in the egg out, and they all mm. looked fine. And I had seven out of the nine babies, eight within the first two weeks, before most of them even shed, which hmm. I'll brag about that because I didn't see that coming. I usually don't have a ton of problem with feed, with feeding babies, but I've never had that. I feel like that was a major success. Like, oh, damn, you guys are going to give me an easy year? And Jags Thank to you. boot? I mean, come on now. It's like Jags can just get excited and go Nero when the pinky's shown to them for the first time. So, you know, that's – come on. Only three of them were Jags, uh, and there were three okay. Jags in the egg. Um, and uh, I've had, I have one that hasn't eaten yet, and, of course, that's – that's old lefty. He always turns left nonstop, so he, he may be short for this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> I so, would. Yeah, uh, I was, I'm giving him a shot, you know. Yeah. But be, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But interesting thing was, I got 7.2. It was like super male heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever, it happens, but. It was an interesting process, and uh, I don't know why I started, but I started posting a – I made an album, and I posted a daily update to what was going on there. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be cool for people to follow along and um, and just to remind me to go down there. It was kind of fun. I was like, oh, yeah, i got to go take a picture of that snake again. Gotta that is that cool. thing up there. 
see what she's doing today, but she was off the eggs a ton. So hmm. I don't know if that's something normal. I, I, I think carpet pythons do that normally. Um, I don't know if they do it as normally as this girl did because of her <laughs> jag. I, I think jags are just bad moms. I mean, that, that was always my thing is that, or what I was always told is that jags just suck at it. So I don't know. But the interesting thing was she defended those, like there was other places. She's in a, she's not a very, she wasn't a very big jag, about five foot, mm-hmm. um, real thin. Not real thin, but just not a big old fat coastal. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's in a four, like a four by two by what, 15, 16 cage, but she stood right. And there's, there's two areas in there where she could go thermoregulate um, heat wise. And she always mm-hmm. stayed right by the eggs. Um, so it was pretty neat. I, I was wondering if there's some kind of, egg guarding behavior like she's like nah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like waste my energy and incubate these things but i'll uh, you know i'll guard them but i'll I, watch I them find <laughs> papers on that but it would make sense that that could happen you know yeah. if a carpet python feels like it's not able to actually you know partake in shivering thermogenesis it may does it, does it not make not make a conscious decision but does it evolve to maybe at least guard the eggs because she was a not nice you know, yeah, she was or, a lot nicer when she was on the eggs than when she was just sitting next to them or putting them on her back, whatever that thing did. Or if it was, <laughs> so or if it's too hot. I mean, if it's too sure, hot, they might hot, feel that they want to get off of it. Up. Yeah. They were telling so. her. So it was still interesting. I learned a lot from it. And, um, you know, learned, like I said, like, if I am I again, like, I'll know to raise humidity much more. And it's not like that information wasn't out there. I was just dumb and didn't look for it. Are you now, planning see, on I, keeping any of them? No. No? Okay. Because nope. what they I would be interested in Well, the interesting thing that I would be want to be seeing is, you know, numerous times we're told that if the temperatures are too high, that you can burn out males in the egg and they'll never produce sperm and they'll have, like, horrible damage to them. Is there anything that we think that's going to happen now that these guys are kind of hatched a little bit at a lower temp? Anything, like... Uh, with sexual reproduction further down the road, I'd kind of lean towards that there won't be any problems because like you said, this kind of seems like it would happen more often in the wild where temperatures would go a little bit on the colder side where if, you know, a temperature spiked up in the wild, everything would just die. So I don't know. Well, in an interest to save sales that you may have just cost me. Um, I screwed that. Yeah, didn't I? I'm just just um, What I have noticed is that heat is a lot shittier on reptiles than the lack of heat. Yes. Um, Like animals, most reptiles seem to be able to come back from cool weather. Hot weather is like uh, you, you you can't come back from something that's too hot. Mm-hmm. So, right. I, I don't know. They're all acting normal, with the exception of Lefty. <laughs> Everybody else is, is acting like a like a normal carpet python, perching, eating, uh, being cool. I got a couple. I got two striped ones out of the deal again. So nice. last year they were incubated at 88, and I got like three striped ones. And this year incubated at I don't know, was it anywhere from 80 to 86, depending on when she was on there. And I still got some striped ones. So pretty neat it is cool oh yeah um i was going to ask uh when you talked about humidity you were missing the cage i guess you were saying like just the sides of the cage or like what what was your 
what would be your how you would change that going forward? Uh, well, I would probably use some damp sphagnum moss and put it under maybe a um, much lower hide box. She did that animal did not have a big like a I didn't have a plant saucer big enough for her to sit under, so I gave her one of these big old ones that had plenty of height and it probably just allowed a lot of it to a lot of humidity to escape. So when I did spray it, I'd spray the whole cage except for underneath the eggs because I just didn't want to get the eggs wet. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I had uh, I had a similar clutch this year, sort of the same. But what was weird is she never left the eggs, but the eggs kind of they Crap they down. just went. I don't know if they went bad or what happened, but uh, one of the things I noticed is she was lower in the racks. So I don't know if the temperature was just too low, uh, you know, uh, and and they ended up going bad or what. But uh, I'm with you. It's definitely one of those learning experiences, and you know, sometimes that's you know, plus two. It would it wouldn't bother me <laughs> if I didn't have another twelve babies or something like that, you know. Okay, so. for you, man. Yeah, maybe a little twelve less is nice. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it, man. I don't know either, man. <laughs> but uh, sure we'll, is fun. We'll, we'll check back with Eric in a couple months to see if he still has any hair left, and then we'll decide whether or not we need to rescue him from his right. own uh, mass breedings. But um, I have a feeling he might sell some this year. Maybe oh. he might have to. Hundred yeah. percent, man. He did just admit that he's keeping the entire snow clutch back. So it's like, I'm going to sell them, but not these. It's like, oh, well, God damn it, dude. So we'll, um, well who's going to just buy a lone female doublehead snow? I mean, maybe they will, and they'll wait again and then get a male later on. I guess that's possible, but uh, I don't You know. always buy the girls first. I mean, come Yeah, on now. that's true. Uh, maybe Thank I'll you. let one go. You know, see, we'll once again, I've saved you by <laughs> – common breeding senses so right. now ryan would you try MIing other pythons i mean are you are we are you looking at your pygmies going like soon i will not have to do anything with you so or is this just like yeah. a one-time deal yeah no i mean i'll give anything a shot uh maybe not the first clutch but <laughs> but i want those but i mean Man, I would, I would, it would be nice for everything to just do that themselves. I mean, <laughs> that was pretty cool yeah. a little head poke out. So, uh, like, I, I plan on letting uh, when my maclots get big enough or freckled, uh, you know, anything. You know, you know the pygmies, I can't wait because I hold them in my hand like the little pygmy wrapped around. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a cute little snake. Such a little bastard. But... Uh, <laughs> I'll give anything. I'll let anything do it. I mean, see, I, I mean, I, I go to work and I work with reptiles all day long and I'm never right. burned out. I get home like, hell yeah, I get to work with more reptiles. I'm, I got some serious issues. That's all I, that's what I think about. It's like reptiles and family. That's, that's pretty much it. Right. So like, and, and observations are what drive me. I mean, I just picked up a group of uh, the Saharan sand boas, Gondolophus mulleri. Uh-huh. I don't know if I said that right. Because they're egg-laying sand boas, so they, like, incubate these guys for most of the, the gestation. And then they lay eggs, these, like, jelly-like, weird, gross eggs, and then they hatch in two to three weeks. What? Now, yeah, look <laughs> them up. I just posted some. They're pretty cool. So I got those pretty much because I wanted to see it. <laughs> so, you know, I got four babies and three and three adults, and I was like, I just I need to see this. This is cool. So I, a lot of times I get 
I just want to see a cool behavior. I want, I want to witness it. That's what MI was for me. And if I can witness MI in the carpets, I'd like to witness MI in Antaresia and, you know, Mac Lots and uh, Angolans and all of them, man. I'd love to see it. And uh, yeah. I want to see these uh, Kenyan Sambo ladies or Kenyan. There I go again. So typical. It's a heron Sambo. <laughs> I want to see their little jelly eggs hatch. So, <laughs> how do you set up a fossorial snake like that? I mean, do you give them something to like, like do you not see them except for the little eyes poking above the sand or are we, uh, do you give them something else to kind of dig around in? I will at some point right now they're still technically in quarantine. So they just gotcha. have paper towels and, um, and their plant saucers in a water bowl. Okay. So I don't know what I'm going to move with. Aspen pisses me off for some reason. I hate using Aspen. It gets everywhere. I have my bluebirds on Aspen and it drives me up a wall. I I don't know. I have mine on mulch and peat moss. That's probably a better idea. It it hasn't (laughs) driven me insane yet. So that's what I'm doing. And they crap a lot. So, yeah. (laughs) And maybe I'll copy. Maybe I'll just copy that. That sounds nice. Go ahead. I stole it from my monitor friends. (laughs) So, you know, might as well just have somebody else take it. So that's cool, though. Yeah, awesome. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting little project, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, the pygmies are—they're uh, definitely one on the list. Um, I'm curious to see. I mean, are you going to approach them differently to breed, or is it just the same as what you do with your carpets? I think I'm going to approach it the same. Um, yeah, I'm just going to probably keep put them together. I'm going to put them together throughout the year. Um, mm-hmm. You never know. Like I just palpate. I, I do. I like to palpate a lot of the female snakes during the breeding season just to see if I feel follicles. Um, mm-hmm. I've never felt them in the in the pygmy, but I haven't had them long. But you know, it was about five or six weeks ago. I felt follicles in that Cape York spotted, and I was like, "All right, well, here, here's the here's the male. Just throw them together and uh, see what they do in there." Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I plan on just introducing them throughout the year. Honestly, these Antaresia, I was thinking of putting them in a nice big cage and like a three foot cage and keeping them and get ready for this. Cause I'm going to say a real bad word, cohabbing them, mm. um, just separating them <laughs> for feeding. Yeah. Right. yeah. I know. Um, you know, I realized the potential huh. downfalls of cohabbing, but if you're careful and feeds, I, I don't know. I want to, I'd like to try it and just see if it happens. We knew somebody who did cohabbing of Antaresia in Australia. I, I, why is the name blanking on me right now? Uh, Antaresia? Yeah. Damien Hyde? Nah, Damien Hyde? Maybe. Maybe Damien. Um, I don't remember. But I, they were telling us how they had these giants set up with the Antaresia, and they would have, like, two or three together, and then breeding season, they would just slide open the doors, and everybody would be in with everybody, and all that kind of stuff. So it can be done. It totally can be done. Um, but you said you just got to be careful. You know, don't throw one rat in there and expect two snakes to still be there later. So, yeah. Oh, no way, man. If I, if, I, if they cohab together, I'd pull them for days um, for feeding. Because you, you, if you've had Antaresia, you know that anything's food. Especially yes, if they smell mm-hmm. it in the air. Like, they know. Just they sure do. <laughs> But I, yeah. I love those percentages are so cool. Like they're not going anywhere. I, I wouldn't mind more of those and to have a, 
to be able to offer unrelated stuff. I find I've been moving that way more often than not is to try to have some, so I'm going to work with some, like when I decide which animals I want to move forward with, I'm going to get, I may like, you know, who knows, uh, maybe I love the freckled pythons, but I, and maybe the Cape Yorks I don't. So the Cape Yorks may go, but that doesn't mean I'm going to have less snakes. I'm just going to have more of something else. Right. Uh, so right. I'd like to be able to offer uh, in a perfect world. If I really am into something, I'd love to have four distinct pairs. Um, so that I don't have to breed every, so that I can always pre- like, let's just say pygmy pythons. I'd love to have two pairs that I breed on even years and two pairs that I breed on odd years so that yeah. I'm not breeding these guys every year, but I've always got unrelated pairs available potentially. So I'm leaning towards trying to, trying to do that. that we'll see cool. how that goes. That yeah, that's, plan, that's right. The... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I mean, uh, I've, I've thought about the same for some of the, uh, you know, some of the Python projects and such, you know. Um, well, and also it's good, you know, you can take your time. If you produce one clutch a year, you take your time and you raise, then you take your time selling them. By next year, when you breed the other pair, there's still going to be other ones kicking around. So you could always offer an unrelated pair to sell if, like, the female's a year older and the baby, the boy's brand new. I mean, and that's fine. People are going to eat that up. So why not? Sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I co- I cost you sales before, and now I'm helping. So you know, <laughs> this is how it works oh, well, when you're around Owen. Nice. He destroys you, and then he helps later. So yeah, I like it. It's interesting. It's a roller coaster. It is. Ask Eric. He's been on it for about six years now. Yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> is true. <laughs> There's no escape. Send help. It, um, it makes but, it fun. <laughs> but Ryan, we got um, some closing questions for you, which are the ones okay. that we kind of kind of throw out there for fun giggles. Um, and the first one is: if you could keep any reptile without limitations, whether they be by uh, money or law or anything else, what would it be and why? Crocs. I don't know which Crocs, but definitely Crocs. Are we talking Croc Um, monitor or Crocodile? No, Crocodilians of some sort. I don't know what I would... I mean, without any restrictions, I I couldn't tell you what... I mean, that's... Those are some of my favorite things to work with, and that's why I like working in zoos and aquariums, is I get that... I get that fill. You know, I I get that fix somewhere else, uh, but I'm not trying to convince my wife that I I need West African Dwarf Crocs. (laughs) You don't have to pay but, for it. You yeah. don't have to set it up. You just play with it and leave. It's like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, man. Well, they're they're just so intelligent and they're so food motivated. I mean, we we train them at work and um, they're easily target trained. And most crocodilians don't have any problem. And it's really, oh, they're just such inc- impressive creatures mm-hmm. that I I love working with them. So if I had you know all the resources in the world, I'd probably have a big old barn in the back and have many species of crocodilian. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool and dangerous. Um, so next one is if you could go herping anywhere in the world, where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find? Man, I think I'd just want to go like island hopping in Malaysia and Indonesia and maybe the Philippines and just look for some of those isolated populations of different species. Like I, I, don't, I wouldn't even know, honestly, but – it seems to be like some of the coolest stuff pops up on those islands. And um, 
I mean, there's dwarf localities where he ticks uh, just off Solaire, a little island of like the Tombalongan locality where he ticks. I don't know if you've heard of those guys, but there's some tiny mm-hmm. island off of Solaire. I mean, that would be cool to go um, find those. A buddy of mine just bred those at sawfish reptiles. There, it's like eight feet. I don't know. I love her ticks, but I, I'll never get those. But yeah, I think I, I just like to go hopping and see what I find. I would just be open to finding anything, man. That that's awesome. And don't say that you'll never get retics out loud, because then there are people <laughs> who will track you down and make you get retics. Because that's how I got mine. It's just like I kept saying never, <laughs> and then now I have one. So. I yeah, feel pretty confident be, in this one. I don't know. Uh, so did I. And then Matt Minotola is an evil, tricky bastard. So, you know, you got to watch out for him. So, um, and I guess, Ryan, the last thing would be is how would people get in touch with you? How would we follow you? How do we get in contact with you if we want to grab some kick-ass striped exanic critters? That was a nice bump. Thank you. Uh, I know you're rad, welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, I told Brad you. Dash reptiles. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate. It. I don't really have a whole lot going on this year, but you know, pay attention next year. Next year's a big. I have quite a few cool pairings next year. I think that I'm crossing my fingers on. But uh, you can find me on Facebook. Friend me on Facebook. Uh, Facebook for me is uh, only reptiles. I very, very rarely do anything personal on there. It's just to keep in touch with hurt people, basically. Uh, my page <laughs> is on there. Rad reptiles. Uh, my website is rad hyphen reptiles.com um yeah i mean rad.reptiles82 at gmail.com if you want to send me any email inquiries or anything uh i'll talk to you uh, anyone who's talking to me knows i'll talk to you either on messenger or if you really want to call and talk to me i'll do that too <laughs> all right so <laughs> i love reptiles man i'll talk as long as we're talking reptiles not you know how you can trade me some uh, mechanical services on my car for a for a python. I, I won't talk to you about that, <laughs> dude. I have a really nice set of paintball guns that I want to trade you for an Angolan. I mean, uh-huh. they're fantastic. <laughs> I only Man, say that because it happens. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Any, yeah, that's just how it works, man. But, anyways, uh. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. It's been a blast. And uh, if I have yeah. anybody ask me about Exanix, I'm just going to send them to you, and you can explain it, and then <laughs> sure. you can send them back to me. So, you know, that'll work. That works for me. Whatever works for you guys. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, having me perfect. on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's good good, uh, good to hear what you got going on. So, And I'm going to be looking for those uh, pygmies next year. So. <laughs> oh, me too. I can't yeah. wait to try to – you had some two gram baby snakes to eat. It should be fun. You know, when when that happens and you get success with that, and you're like feeding like I don't know pinky paws to them, you got to come on and talk to us about how how much fun that is. So you know, Jesus Christ, <laughs> pinky paws. Just let me know. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, good good cool. luck with that and all the other stuff, and uh, we'll definitely catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good night. You too, man. <laughs> Bye. Ah, very cool. Um, Pygmy, are they, they the ones you're still missing? What's that? Pygmy pythons, are they on your list of still missing animals? Uh, yeah, to have a pair, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, exactly. You're, yeah. You have one? A male. Okay. See, God yeah. damn it. It's not even on the list list of like things you don't even have. It's a task <laughs> list. Yeah. But again, to have, uh, you know, another pair, uh, kind of falls into that, having that extra male and then, you know, you get that extra female. Blah, blah, blah. But, uh, Might as well. Cool oh, darn it. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What do we got? So uh, I will throw this out there. Um, Garrett uh, Hartle does um, Reach Out Reptiles YouTube page. Uh, He did a pretty cool um, video video. of the Northeast Carpet Fest. And (laughs) this past Talk Em Up Tuesday, uh, our good friend Matt Minnetola uh, from Philly Herp. um, He tried He tried to get me to do a talk him up Tuesday after I shaved off my goatee and I just ran away. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I must grow back my. (laughs) Then I will do it. Then I'll do it. Till then, never. Yeah. So (laughs) cool stuff. Um, uh, I was telling you before the show that, uh, you know, Garrett had uh, reached out to me and um, he has these. He kind of he kind of was impressed, I guess, you know, coming to the collection and seeing like all these mm. different species that I'm working with, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, we talked before when he was on the show about um, just the goal that I have of working with all these different species of python, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So one of the things that I've kind of held off on is retics because um, number one, trying to find just like who seems like locality stuff is is on a rise, but um, you know, finding out pure stuff, it's similar to the carpets because I guess all these little, you know, super dwarf and dwarfs, you know, some of them are subspecies and uh, people have crossed them to produce combos and stuff like that. Well, anyway, long story short, he has this rare first time bred. I, I'm going to, I'm not even going to say the uh, not even gonna try. scientific gonna name yet uh, because I haven't got it down. But um, anyway, he was, he we we came to like a, a partnership of some sort, sort of like uh, you send snakes, kind of like what me and you do, and I just send you snakes yeah. and breed them and you know whatever, <laughs> you know it's you like me and here. Nick yeah, kind of do you. the same thing. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, they were supposed to come today, which I was super excited about, uh, but uh, they got stuck somewhere. <laughs> In Tennessee, I think it was. Which makes no goddamn sense. Since he's in Pennsylvania. He's in Pittsburgh. And you and I, like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I've sent animals out near the Pittsburgh area. And they almost, like, and they have these things on them where I've never seen them leave um, the, the state. Like, they have a special code on them. So I don't know what the hell's going on there. But, you know, I don't think Garrett messed up or anything like that. It's just... FedEx's weird routing system, but it's so weird that it's in the state. Like you could have literally driven to Pittsburgh, would have taken you five hours, grabbed the right. snakes, and then driven home. Like you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, they'll be coming tomorrow. So. Stupid FedEx. Yeah. So if you're in, so if you're into retics, go to Eric's house, steal the box off his front porch. You know that kind of <laughs> stuff. 
Yeah, I guess if you want to say that. Yeah, so. uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like a, a breeding project together, I guess. Uh, you know. Well, I, I, I do. I guess when you're breeding because... retex, you sort of want to have room, and it's hard to get room to come by. Yeah, it's hard to do. It's hard to do that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, these are Garrett's retex, and I mean, I know he has usually the smaller ones, but I would yeah. want to see how these guys are because I know your favorite kind of retic. Uh, style look is just the wild type, and I mean, oh yeah, and that's and, and I mean, find me a large wild type retic. Like go to a, go to a reptile show. The next reptile show you go to, find me a wild type retic. I these are hard to find, it man. They're like normal bull type pounds. Exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like it, it's like think about it this way. Find me a normal leopard gecko. Yeah. It's like. These wild type animals, they're freaking gone. It's like, and some of them, like the leopard gecko, you know, that's where it's got its name from. It's like, yeah, you've taken that away from it. So it's, <laughs> they're now orange and purple, and, orange and purple, yeah. and no spots on them at all. But it's like, it would be really cool to have um, these different locality stuff because then you get the wild types back. And Sometimes it's just intriguing. I would love to see somebody come running up to you and look at a wild type retic and be like, "Man, what kind of morph is that?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eventually, that stuff will happen. So um, it would be cool to see that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, retics. I mean, they 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 really uh, are impressive animals. That's for sure. And uh, oh, yeah. they have some of the most beautiful morphs of the python and i believe it's just because as a normal they're just freaking unbelievable i mean they have to be one of the prettiest pythons going they They, are and they're so chill i mean my i was playing with the girl that i got from matt because she just shed and Mm -hmm. just dog tame and just wanting to chill and just beautiful colors like colors that if they were on a carpet python i'd lose my goddamn mind so (laughs) yeah we jerk we broke you down um all right so next week i'm not sure what you got planned but i I have no freaking idea either (laughs) yeah so uh that'll be fun uh because i'll be away and uh eric is on vacation so it'll be myself and rob stone and maybe a guest it might just be me and rob shooting the shit on reptile topics for uh, two hours. It might be me and Rob talking about what we don't like about you for two hours. I mean, you know, we'll figure, we'll fill it. It'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be away that night, and uh, you know, uh, my I I have to uh, I have to get my dad to uh, to come because now I got like white lips and ring pythons and. Oh, no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> No, oh shit, no that's right. Bullet, yeah, it's no longer bulletproof snakes that you can just like, you know, if they don't get Peace water for a day, they'll be okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Damn, dude, that's true. I thought about I flying just... Rob out, but uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we just got it. We just send him back. It's like, yeah, why don't you I figure he can host the show from the just... yeah, right from the studio. But uh, there you go. Uh, so and then. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce the guest after that, but Owen, you know who it is. And, uh, I think that will be a very cool episode and, uh, yeah. somebody that we've been trying to get 
for five years. Uh, some of that, <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll see how that, cool. that that one's that one's going to be interesting. So we'll yeah. see how that one goes. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And then, uh, hmm, yeah, hmm. that's all that is. As far as uh, hmm. us, MoreliaPythonRadio.com is our website, and uh, our email is info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Um, and, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, our Facebook page, uh, to stay up to date with what we got going on. Um, as far as myself, ebmorelia.com, um, I just, now that carpet fest is behind us, uh, I started doing vlogs again today. (laughs) Um, so I got the first blog up. I did a blog on just basically, you know, uh, Pythons in general, I started with my favorite, of course, is carpet pythons and just breaking down uh, the carpet pythons and maybe base morphs and stuff are there. So you can check that out. I'm going to be doing some YouTube videos on the same. I almost have Owen's video uh, completely <laughs> finished. Uh, so edit, stay tuned you for that. Me out of it, right? And at some point, where I am. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like that, uh, you know how they block out when nudity is on the thing? Yeah, or like the drug dealers are on the show. It's my voice yeah. in the shadow. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, at some point this week, I'm going to be doing some kind of Facebook Live thing because apparently the white lip python that I got uh, was uh, put in a banner contest and uh, it won. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of love out there for white lip pythons. Wait. Did you wait? Um, you put it in the contest or no? Yeah, I just put it up for just shits and giggles on the Whatever. Positive Python uh, <laughs> Facebook group, and uh, yeah, I won. Uh, there was another one, so it was uh, two white lip pythons uh, that are sort of sharing the. Uh, See, uh, I guess we you. tied, but um, at some point this week, I'm gonna be doing some kind of live feed. I'm gonna have to figure that out real quick, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to be doing that this week, and it uh, should be cool. So, ebmorelli.com, you can follow me on my Facebook page. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram uh, or just on my website. Um, we should uh, be – I mean, I have babies now that's probably on their fourth meal, so oh, shit. I should Getting be putting close. some up for sale. Uh, five meals is where it goes so uh if you're interested in carpet pythons i have a shit ton of them (laughs) (laughs) please take them (laughs) yeah (laughs) can't keep them all so uh, that's all i got cool uh what i can go what i got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com uh we have a few animals left for sale from last season and i'm going to be throwing up a few new carpets uh, that I got um, from Eric. Uh, so those will be up soon. They're actually really cool looking coastals. And I'm torn about this one that I really want to keep for myself, but I don't know where the hell I'd put him. So, um, <laughs> confliction. Yes. <laughs> Very conflicted. I might just make Welcome somebody to my world. So goes, Stop it. <laughs> so it's bad enough that like, giving me that stone wash totally messed up my 41 core rack system so i'm like oh shit and i had to kick the vietnamese blue beauties into the side collybird room because they didn't have any fucking room but um <laughs> i have to go buy a new rack room. now because of you um nice. but 
uh, so we'll, I'm going to throw those up there soon, uh, as well as, dude, I got babies hatching right now. So in the next couple of months, we're going to see a lot of babies up there on Rogue. Um, keep an eye on that. As far as shows go, I don't really have any shows that I'm vending in the next coming months because uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be busy for the August Hamburg show, and then I'm going to be busy for the October uh, Tinley and uh, Hamburg show. So I'm not even sure how I'm going to get back to those shows in the next couple months. So uh, I'm looking at other shows in the area to possibly kind of pad to go in. If not, uh, you guys can always reach me through rogue-reptiles.com, rogue-reptiles on facebook.com, or you can send me an email or a message through any kind of internet ad that we have, and uh, we can talk shop. It's totally fine. Um, and, yeah, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Um, so we'll say thank you all for listening, and we'll see everybody back here then for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night.